Well, we want to get right into our lesson again tonight. Amen. This is a new month, and we're talking about our new identity. Amen. And uh, again, last month we was talking about a new birth, and we realized that the new birth, Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot enter, nor can he see the kingdom of heaven. So that new birth, as we talked about last month, it brought about change. And so with that change, it brings also a new identity. Amen. We are not the same old person as Paul writing to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 5.17. says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. And you will notice Paul's uh, writings to the church continually into his epistles. He's always trying to get them to see who they are in Christ. He's trying to get them to understand that they need to move on to perfection. To be baptized in Jesus' name, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, is the most precious gift that one could ever in their life receive. Amen. For God to put his spirit in us, the God to pull us out of darkness into his marvelous light, should cause us to realize how special we really are to God. As Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 7, as we've already seen numerous times, he says, God did not set his love upon you because you were more in number than any other. He says, but God did it because he loved you. Amen. And God does love us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so God loves us. And so Paul and all the apostles and the writings throughout is to try to get us to realize who we truly are in Christ and how we should emulate the things of God in our lives. As you remember, I told you that in, when Jesus uh, uh, established the third day, he says that the fruit was in the seed and the seed was in the fruit. So if Christ is in us, then we should be a reflection of what he is. Our identity should be a reflection of him. Amen. And our lives should be a reflection of him. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus in the fourth chapter, verse 22 through 24, there on your paper, he says that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. In other words, the old behavior, the old behavior that we have now that we are born again of the water and the spirit should not be there. We should not be reflecting our old ways of life. We should automatically begin to look at Scripture and look at our lives and say, okay, if I am a new creature now in Christ, how should I conduct myself? How should I look? How, where should I go? Where should I not go? What should I do? What should I not do? These are things that we have to get figured out in our lives if we're going to be a reflection of Him. So Paul says, you put off the concern and the form of behavior of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And here's the key, and the place has got to happen, is in your mind. You've got to think differently. I think I sent out a thought for the day, yesterday or the day, I'm getting old, I can't remember which one it was, but... Most people don't become Christians because they won't make up their mind to be a Christian. 
everything revolves around the mind. As Paul says in Romans 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Renew the way you think now. You're, you're not the old person. Remember, we got rid of him. He, w- he wasn't giving me any good rewards at the end of the day. He was giving me headaches because I would go get a fifth of Jack Daniel or whatever. You know, he, he was causing me a whole lot of heartache and, tr- and trouble. So, but now I put on this new guy, which is created after Christ, which after God is created in what? Righteousness and true holiness. Amen. In other words, the new man does right. The new man is set apart and separated to God for his use. In other words, the things that I do in this life now must be a reflection of Jesus Christ. Because we're the only Jesus people is going to see in this earth. And how to live. You're set apart. Amen. And that's why holiness is so important. And we'll talk more about this later on in in the lesson. That that have that understanding of holiness. A lot of people don't understand about holiness and what it is. Okay. It's not some badge of honor. You know. Holiness is who you are. You you are Christ. You belong to Christ. And so as a result, everything that we do... From our character to our conduct to our action, we want to reflect him. Amen. If you see a police officer, you know, walking down the street and he say he's got on a police shirt, but he don't have on, you know, police trousers, you're going to probably say, there ain't no police officer. He's faking. Right? That's, that's probably what you're going to say. You know? It, it, but if he, if he has on all the attire of a police officer, you know, his, his trousers, his shirt, his badges, his weapons, and everything that he has reflects a police officer, you're going to say, that's a police officer. The same way with soldiers. You, you see them, you know, in their uniform. First thing you come to your mind, that's the soldier. Well, there are certain things that we do and what we wear and how we act will portray us as Christians. See? And that's what you want to live your life that way. You don't, it's not that you are, are being flamboyant and, and trying to show off or whatever. No, it's just a lifestyle that you now live so that people can see what Christ is doing in your life, and they will want to emulate the same as you are. This is what God wants. That's why Jesus says, let your light shine so that men will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. But too many Christians, because they won't make up their mind, they come to church, they act one way, and then they go to the job and they act the other way. They go to school, they act a different way. And then they wonder why people are always cursing around them and people are always talking bad around them and saying all kinds of things about them because you're not showing them anything around them to reflect that there's nothing different. They just assume you're one of them. You know, 
So you have to realize something is different. And people have to see it. I can remember when I first got the Okinawa, you know, my boss, I mean, you know, he used to, as the old said, he used to curse like a sailor. <laughs> you know, that's a figure of speech in military, you know. But, yeah, I mean, he used to say all kinds of crazy stuff. But when I got there and then he realized that I didn't do all that kind of stuff, and one day he and I was together, and he says to me, he says, Sergeant Major, he says, I want you to know, he said, you wasn't in the meeting this morning. He says, but I told every officer in there that I better not hear anybody cursing around here anymore. Yeah. Was it me? Or did they see Christ? See? So, so we have to live what we say we are. We don't cave in because everybody else is drinking Everybody else is smoking and joking. You know, everybody else is doing wrong. We don't cave in. We still stand firm on the truth of God's word and reflect him in these situations and circumstances. You know, my wife and I, I mean, we had to go to all kinds of military functions when I was on active duty. I mean, every time you turn around, they was... A function, and every time we went to a Japanese function, well, the Japanese, the first thing they want to do is give you something to drink. You know, can you imagine the senior enlisted and his wife is not partaking in their alcohol? You know, no, we don't do that. I'm sorry. You know, the same way with my sister services, you know, that was there on the island. You know, we represented every enlisted soldier on that island. You know, and, they, I mean, it was every week there was something, you know, you had to go to. You know, most people would have probably caved in, you know. But we held fast to our identity as children of God. You know? And so you have to get to that point as well in your life that you're not caving in, you know. As Paul said, what if son did not believe? Their unbelief going to make the faith of God without none effect. He says, God forbid. He said, you let God be true, and you let everybody else be a liar. You know, so we have to stand fast. So, so Paul says, put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And Paul also tells us in 1 Corinthians, he says that we have bore the image of the earthly, which talk about the first man, Adam. We must now bear the image of the heavenly, which is Jesus Christ. So if I was to ask you what is Jesus' identity, what would you tell me? Anybody? What is Jesus' identity? Holiness. There you go. Be ye holy, for I am holy. See? So we have, no one trick. <laughs> but see, we have to be holy, for he's holy. My identity has got to be holiness. You know? And this is what God desires. 
So moving on here. So changing our identity and starting over is common motive in the books and movies. But it is, is it possible to do so in real life? Think about the caterpillar. He goes into a cocoon and what he comes out as? A beautiful butterfly. Most people don't want to touch him when he's a, a caterpillar. Caterpillar. <laughs> My goodness. But once he comes out of that cocoon, he's something beautiful that you go out and you try to catch him and you got gardens full of them. But I guarantee you, you know, if you go to a butterfly farm and all those butterflies, you have no question about walking up and looking at them and touching them and try to fill them, let them land on you and everything else. But if you had that many worms with fur on them on the ground, I guarantee you, you would think second thoughts about walking into them, right? You would think twice about that many worms, you know, coming over and, and pitching on you and, and getting on you. You would not let that happen, see? But their identity changes, see? That's what Christ does in us. See, we had some nasty attitudes. We had some things that was not good. But when Christ came, he changed all that. And so now we're pretty pleasing to be around. <laughs> Think about it, okay? Jesus, amen, said in Ezekiel, the Lord says, And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take this stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statues and keep my ordinances and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. Why does God want to change our identity? Our identity is who we believe that we are. But if our identity does not reflect us as children of God, then we must change our uh, outward appearance and attitudes are how we uh, perceive and, and are seen by others and the world around us. The Apostle Paul called for us to put on the new man, which of the God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And so for us to do that, we must change our character and self to reflect Christ and this world. So during this lesson, we're going to look at some of these uh, areas of identity. Amen. You know, when we start talking about apostolic identity, what does that mean, apostolic identity? What do you think comes to your mind when you think apostolic identity? Okay. So, okay, following after the apostles, right, in Jesus Christ. We want to identify ourselves with them. Do we identify with the teaching that they taught. If all scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions in what? Righteousness. See, the new man is, you want to get him right. See, you want to teach yourself how to be right and to do what is right. If I'm going to reflect him and identify with him, because God is a God of righteousness. See? So if Christ is in me, 
And this is what Jesus is saying in John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husband. Every branch in me that bear not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch in me that bear fruit, he purges it, so he can bring forth more fruit. Now you're cleansed by the word which I have spoken unto you. See, the word of God changes us. It causes us to become right, to do right. Remember all those months we were studying James 1? On Sunday morning when James says, don't just be a hearer of God's word, you've got to be a doer of God's word. Because God's word is designed to change us, to cause us to reflect him because he's the word. See? And if the word is in us, then the word is going to make you free. It's going to relieve you from the things that's hindering you, that's preventing you to be like Christ. See? So we've got to make sure that we have apostolic identity. If I am baptized in Jesus' name after the apostles, notice in Acts 2, they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. So the more I fellowship with you, the more I'm going to start taking on some of those natures and characters of you which should be after Christ. Because iron sharpeneth iron. See, so when we are fellowshipping as brothers and sisters in Christ, if I'm not doing right, you have the responsibility to tell me I'm not doing right. See, and so and as a result, because you want me to reflect Christ, you want me to be like him. Okay, so we have to put on this new man, the way we look, the way we dress, where we go, how we talk, you know, we, our manners, all these things, our attitude, our character reflects his identity. You know, we, we have to realize that someone is always watching you. Someone is always watching you, you know. And people know who you are. I was talking to my brother down in Florida last night, and, and he, he says to me, he says, the lady that comes in and check in on him there at the, at the assistant living home is, he says, the lady came in and says to him, your brother's wife is Pentecostal, isn't she? And my brother says to her, well, how do you know? She says, because the way she dresses, she says, every day she came here, I could tell she was Pentecostal by the way she dressed. You know, you have to identify with who you say you are. You know, we have to make sure that we are, you know, I can be the grease monkey in, in the mechanic shop. But my character will still set me apart as a child of God. See? Because what's inside will automatically reflect what's on the outside. How I treat the waitress or the waiter at the restaurant will reflect who I am. 
you know, you don't have to say a word, but believe me, those waiters and waitresses will pick up that you are a Christian by your conduct, by what you say, how you act to them. Everything will be a reflection. You know, if you get all, you know, I didn't order this. That's not how I wanted it. You know, and you just go off the deep end, you know, guess what? They're going to walk back in the kitchen and say, man, them devils, <laughs> you know. But if you are kind and you're considerate and you talk in a mild and nice voice and stuff and explain what transpired and I'm sorry, but this is not what I've ordered, you know, whatever, your actions, your actions is, is what's going to make a difference. You know, your identity. Remember, you're not the old guy anymore. See? I might have did that when I was old. <laughs> you know? But not now. See, this new identity, this new man, you know, speaks in a whole different tune of voice. He, he, he considers what he's going to say it and how he's going to say it. Amen. Because when I put on the new man, he's created in righteousness and true holiness. See? So he has to reflect that. Look at verse John 3.10. Verse John 3.10. And this, the children of God are manifest, are revealed. And the children of the devil, whosoever doth not righteousness, is not of God. My goodness. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Are you doing right? Hello? Anybody home? (laughs) Are you doing right? Let me phrase it again. <laughs> Are you doing right? <laughs> See, now he, he tells us if, if I'm not doing right, then I don't belong to God. See, because I'm supposed to be doing right. Because I got rid of the old guy. See? And now I am to walk in newness of life. I want to identify with him. I took on his name. I was buried with him in baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so now I must rise and walk in newness of life. Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. See, now I must put on... God, I must put on bowels of mercy. I must put on comfort and love. All these things, the qualities of God has now got to be put on me. See? My fruit should be being revealed in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, and temperance. I'm not beating you up, okay? I'm just trying to tell you what we got to do. We got to get it right. 
Say, I can't keep saying I'm a Christian and keep doing wrong. It doesn't work with God. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 29.1, He that being often reproved, heart in his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed. And that without remedy, there's no remedy for you. See, so we, we've got to realize that God desires us to do right. See? If we learn how to do what is right, we're going to be all right. <laughs> Think about it. It just works that way. You know? And so God wants us to identify with him. Our identity is to reflect him in everything that we do. Amen. We can't say that we love God. Notice what he says also. I can't say I love God and hate my brother. I'm not identifying with him. Because the commandment is what? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. You know, Paul says in Ephesians 5, he said, no man ever hated his own self. But what happened? He nurtures it. He cares for it. See? And so we have to get this identity thing right. I want to identify with him in every area of my life. I don't get figs from thorns and grapes from thistles. See? So we're not trying to change ourselves and hide ourselves and disguise ourselves. We want to always be the real deal. You remember when Ahab tried to get Jehoshaphat to go into battle with them against Romo Gilead? You remember there in second, I think his uh, Chronicles. And what did Ahab tell Jehoshaphat he was going to do? He says, I'm going to disguise myself. We're going into battle, but I'm going to disguise myself. Now, you put on all your royal apparel, and you go in. But I'm going to disguise myself. He should have woke up. You know, it's your battle, and you're going to disguise, but yet you want me to wear my stuff? I think I'd have took my troops and went home right there. But he tried to disguise himself, but God still, you know took care of the matter you know you can't disguise yourself what do you think they call it mascara they're disguising themselves see you don't want to disguise who you are you want to see the real deal even, you know, um, what was the other guy's name? Uh, my goodness. There was another guy, uh, King Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Rehoboam even tried to get his wife. His son was sick, and so he wanted to go to the prophet uh, uh, Abijah and to tell him, you know, and basically to get him to try to pray to the Lord for the kid. And so what did he tell her to do? Disguise yourself. No. She disguises herself before she ever get there. Now, Abijah the prophet, he's blind. He can't see. He, he, he's old, gotten old. He, he can't see. 
And God comes to Abijah and he says, Abijah, you know, Rehoboam's wife is coming to see you. You know, he tells him, tells him, she's coming to see you. She's disguised. God says, you know, God gives a cigarette. She's disguised. She's coming to see you because the kid's sick. Don't tell him before you she ever get there. As soon as her feet hit the house, the prophet says, come on in, Rehoboam's wife, you know, basically, you know. You can't disguise yourself, okay? You have to be who you say that you are. If you say, I'm a Christian, be a Christian. If you say, I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller, born-again, heaven-bound, believer, the liberated power of Jesus' name, live that way. Amen. No matter what other people say against you, no matter how much you are persecuted, no matter how much you're talked about, you've got to live as a Christian. No one can save you. That's why Paul says you need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You have to realize that we have been chosen to reflect him. As Paul Peter says in 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen generation. Your generation, Brother Jesse, was chosen by God for a purpose. Amen. To reflect Him to those kids at school that is around you. You've been chosen by God for a purpose. Amen. To reflect Him in your school. So you have to decide, am I going to reflect Him or am I not? See, as for all of us, every one of our generations has been chosen to reflect Him in our generation and to our generation. And so we have to make sure that we don't disguise, we don't hide ourselves. It should be an honor to be able to tell somebody what God has done for us. To, you know, to, to <coughs> excuse me, to reflect Him in everything that we do. To live our lives as a reflection of Him. When people come to our house, they should walk in and go, man, there's something different in here. Something is, there's something I'm feeling, something in here, you know, <clears throat> because of your identity, who you are, when you're out and about, you know, everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. And even we see with, with Tamar, you know, she disguised herself as a harlot. And Judah, you know, her father-in-law slept with her, you know, and then when he tries to to recover from it, you know, they says, I ain't no harlot here, you know. And then they find out it was his daughter-in-law. You know, the identity, isn't it amazing? Think about it. We can identify harlots usually by their dress. Think about it, you know. And so if that being the case, do I want to identify with that? in my dress, and my appearance? Or do I want to reflect Christ in my dress and my appearance? See, we have to study stuff out as children of God. See, we have to ask ourselves, is God well pleased with how I dress and how I look and how I conduct myself? That's because something comes out as a new fad. You need to make sure that it's going to be well-pleasing to God before you partake in it. 
Don't just follow trends. Say, a lot of people do that. They follow trends. They don't, they don't have a lot of history about where stuff comes from. You know, if you ever went to Asia, I guarantee you, you will wake up in some of this stuff you see in America. I mean, they got gods to everything. You know, dragon boat god, you know, god of the fishes, fingernail gods, you know, all, all kinds of, I mean, it's like, you got to be kidding me, Oban, and all of this kinds of stuff, you know, they, you know, they, they, they go 30 days believing that the dead returns and eat all this chow and all kinds of stuff, you know, I mean, they have a big batch, they but, but And a lot of people don't realize a lot of those same things are now coming to America. And a lot of people, even a lot of so-called Christians, are partaking in a lot of this stuff. They don't realize where it comes from. They're not studying. You know, what are we commanded to do? Study this, you ourselves approved unto God. Workmen that need him not be ashamed. We need to rightly divide the word not only of the truth of the gospel... And the, and the Word of God, but we need to know before we run out and start partaking in things, you know, because why? I identify with Him. See? If I, if, if, if I walked in here tomorrow with a dress on, you know what you guys are going to say to me? You gone, Pastor Parker. <laughs> yeah, or you, 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 I'm not, I'm not reflecting Christ in none of that. If I walk around and I look like I ran into a barbed wire fence and tore all my pants in half, you know, do I reflect Christ in that? Do I, does Christ identify with that? So you have to realize some of this stuff. You know, we have to be aware, you know, once we become that new man in Christ, or new woman in Christ, then our identity must identify with Him. Modesty, purity, you know, these things must be of Christ. Amen. Paul writing, I mean, Isaiah writing to the church in Christ's identity and likeness, he says there in Isaiah chapter 11, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and shall make him a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ear. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Amen. And so he's talking about the spirits of God. Wisdom. Knowledge, understanding, counsel, might, you know, the fear of the Lord and righteousness. These spirits of God should be in us. Where is the wisdom? Say, 
to identify with him, I should have wisdom. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.24 that Jesus Christ is the power of God and he's the wisdom of God. See? So the wisdom of God is to be able to have discretion. See, so if I have discretion, then therefore I can make right choices and right decisions. I know when to speak and when to be quiet. I know how to conduct myself. i got to have the wisdom of God in me. See, I, I, it, do, I, do I have this wisdom of him inside of me to know when to be quiet, to know when to answer? See, we've we got to have wisdom. That's why the book of Proverbs is all about wisdom. There's so much in there that we, if we're going to identify with him, I've got to have wisdom. It's the principal thing. See, I've got to have discernment. I've got to be able to discern good from evil, right from wrong. See, if I'm going to identify with him. Because there's always going to be the enemy trying to trip you up and to destroy you. So you need to have wisdom so that you don't destroy who you are. You don't want to self-destruct. That's why the Spirit came with temperance. Self-control, self-restraint. See, I'm not the old guy anymore. See, i got to have wisdom now. I have to know how to conduct myself. i got to know how to take care of me. i got to know how to, to watch me, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Watch you. Take a look at yourself. Ask yourself questions before you leave the house. Do I really reflect Christ? Am I going to be a reflection of Him in my actions, in my ways? Knowledge, wisdom, amen. Understanding, amen. I am understanding. Notice Proverbs 8. I am understanding. Verse 13. I am understanding. By me what? Kings reign and princes decree justice. By me... You know, notice what he's saying here. When you read that eighth chapter of of Proverbs, it's all about wisdom. Everything from the creation. It talks about from the creation. I, wisdom, was there. I was one brought up. And then at the end of that chapter, he says, if you love me, you're going to have life. But if you don't, guess what? You're going to sin against your own soul and you love death. Because you will destroy yourself if you do not have wisdom. And wisdom came with the Spirit. Because why? God is the power of God and He's the wisdom of God. So if Christ is in me, then I should reflect wisdom. Hello? I should reflect understanding. Amen. I should have discernment. I should have discretion in my life. Think about how much stuff people could have been avoided if they'd have just had a little discretion. Probably saved myself a lot of money if I'd have had discretion when I was young, right? Amen. We've got to be discreet here. Amen. Understanding. Amen. I've got to have understanding. Knowledge. Amen. 
God is omniscient. Amen. Paul, right into the church, he says, if they, 1 Corinthians 2, 8, he says, if they had known who Jesus Christ was, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But they didn't have the knowledge of who he was. Some have not the knowledge of Christ, Paul says. I speak that to your shame. Say, do you know him? Do you know him? Other than just, oh yeah, I read it in the book. You know, I know a lot of stuff from reading the book. But do you know him? Do you know him personally? Are you reflecting him? Do you identify with him in your life? Does your life identify him? See, we want to identify him with him. He's the Lord of hosts, right? And we're soldiers in the army of the Lord. Then how should we be dressed? Come on, help me out. Lawns girt about with truth. Having on the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of, above all, taking the shield of our helmets and uh, which, amen. So am I armed? Am I armed as a soldier of the Lord? Because he's the commander of the, of the host, right? The Bible tells me in Exodus, God is a man of war. See? So if he's the commander of the host, then all of his soldiers should identify the same as he is. I should be Lawrence girded with truth. I should have on breastplate of righteousness because this is part of the new man. Right? You know, when I, when I went in the army... You know, I left home, man. I had my little skibbies, you know, my little, <laughs> you know, little pants on, you know, little shirt, and, you know, little old shoes I had on. You know, I thought I was clean, man. I come bobbing in the recruiting station and stuff. They put me on a bus and, you know, shipped me down to Fort Bragg and got me down there, you know. And we all, you know, we just thought we was cool back in the 60s. You know, afros, you know, picks in our pockets and all that stuff. That drill sergeant kicked that bus door in. Got us off that bus. Got in your face with that Smokey the Bear hat. <laughs> and I guarantee you, the next day, now this is like 3 o'clock in the morning, the next day, we all had got rid of all that, those different kind of clothes we wore. My head was skint, closer than it is right now. <laughs> my afro was gone. My pick was gone. My, my platform shoes was gone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had on OD green pants and green sh- shirt and a green ball cap with my ball head, you know, with some dog tags around my neck, with Parker on my name, and U.S. Army over here. You know, every one of us, 
standing out there look just alike. Because every one of us belong to the United States Army. See? And so we identified with the United States Army by that uniform that they put on us. And they told us, as long as you are in the military, that uniform identifies something greater than you are. And you better wear it with pride, and you better wear it correctly. Because if I catch you, or, you know, God forbid. They, they used to tell us, I don't care where you are. We used to sing this song, everywhere I go, there's a drill sergeant there. Everywhere I go, there's a drill sergeant there. Even in the latrine, there's a drill sergeant. You know, no matter where I go, there's a drill sergeant there. You know, and what they was telling me, trying to get us to realize, you might think you are all along and by yourself and ain't nobody watching you, but somebody is watching you. And they will correct you if you are not in uniform correctly. They're going to come up to you. They could be a retiree. You know, they know how you are supposed to look in that uniform. And they will come up to you. And God forbid if it's some officer or a senior MCO, you know. I mean, they will really get into your face, take your ID card and all kinds of stuff, and report you to your unit, you know. And you will be in some serious, serious trouble. I used to get calls all the time by soldiers when they did something wrong, you know. Discipline time. Yep. I had a soldier one time didn't get out of his car to salute the flag for rebel. I got a call. You know? Hmm. But why am I telling you all this? See, uniformity and identity. See, you're reflecting something bigger than just you and me. See, you're reflecting... God and our identity, see? And this is why God is saying to us to let our light shine because he wants us to reflect him in our attitude, our character, our dress, and our appearance, and the places we go and the things that we do and the things that we say. He wants us to be a true reflection of him because one day he's going to have to say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter the joy that is prepared for you. See? So if I have the spirits of God, if I have wisdom, if I have knowledge, if I have understanding, if I have might, if I have counsel, if I have reverence and fear of the Lord, and I have righteousness, I'm going to reflect him. Because that's his spirit that is inside of me. See, and this is what God desires of us. That's what we're going to talk about this month. Amen. Is we're going to talk about identifying with him. We're going to talk about how we should conduct ourselves and how we should look and how we sh- things we should do. Amen. And this, this lesson this month, we're going to dig deep. So if you have questions, bring them with you. Amen. Because we want to know him in his fullness and his deity. Father, we praise you. 
again tonight, Lord God, for your goodness, O oh God. May everything that we do, Lord, truly be a reflection of you in all that we do and the things that we do, God. We thank you again tonight for your word, Lord Jesus. Let it radiate in our hearts. Let us realize, God, that you have made us to be new creatures in you, Lord. Bless your people. Keep your hand upon them. Continue to surround them, God. Let them stand strong and be a total reflection of you in everything that they do. And we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.